morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. Live on this Thursday, only one more day till Friday. It is March the 23rd. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and welcome. Welcome to everybody, wherever you may be listening, whenever you may be listening. We're here for you day in and day out. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. You know, we call this economics with attitude, where we, you know, listen, we don't tell you what to think, but we're going to give you something to think about. This is why people tune in. This is why you listen, because you want to be in the know. Uh, our website, allamericangold.com. Ramon updates that for us Monday through Friday. i got to tell you what, today was a great one. If you haven't been out there, did they get out there? Fascinating. Matter of fact, uh, I was listening to uh, Doug Casey. and I know a lot of you out there uh, follow him, and he did a interview, uh, which, you know, he doesn't do a lot of them. Uh, but but uh, when he does, it's worth noting. It's worth paying attention to. Uh, Ramon's got the whole thing. It's almost uh, 30 minutes long. But if you go out to allamericangold.com today, uh, you can listen to the, the interview that Doug Casey did. Um, and, and really... Another one of my favorites that that I that I love, and and it's something where we actually post a lot of his articles, is U.S. Watchdog, and that's where he did the interview. So make sure you check that out today at allamericangold.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook tomorrow. We are going to start our next giveaway on Facebook. So if you haven't liked us or friended us or whatever it is, make sure you get out there and do that. If you go right out, out to the website right below where the spot price is, make sure you follow us on Facebook because we're going to do all kinds of fun stuff out there. Uh, Twitter, at Patriot Trading one Don't forget uh, our podcast. Make sure you start following us there as well. And uh, you can do that all right there point and click right on the website. You can order products right there on the website. You don't even have to talk to us anymore. How about that? Uh, but but so much going on. And today is the day where hopefully the, the repeal of Obamacare will make its way out of the House of Representatives. It uh, really doesn't mean a whole lot because then it goes to the Senate. They're going to want to change it. And really, I think that's where the problem is going to be. They would need I think it's 22 or 23 Republicans to not vote for it, for it not to go to the Senate, uh, which I don't think that's likely, but I don't know. I guess they're talking about it's going to be, it could be closer than they expect, but uh, nonetheless, that is supposed to happen today. Uh, And then, of course, really, then all the fun stuff, because the Senate, it's, only a couple couple senators, right? It's, I think it's 51-49, so I don't know uh, how easy or if they're even going to be able to get it through the Senate, but they're trying to at least send something 
up to the the Senate out of the House of Representatives, and everyone's all worried that if it doesn't happen, then the whole timeline for what I'll call Trumponomics right, is going to be shot. And, you know, you got to think about this is politicians. They don't actually want to do anything. Right? This has always been the problem. They like to talk about doing stuff, but they actually don't really want to do anything. So uh, I, I just, we'll wait and see if it gets through the Senate today. Uh, if it doesn't bog down there, I guarantee you it's going to bog down in the, in the in the Senate. But the House is trying to at least get something sent up there today. We'll follow that tomorrow to see whether that happened. Uh, we've got only really one piece of economic data, and it was actually a, a decent number. That was on new home sales. So remember, yesterday, existing home sales, not good, right? Fell more than expected. New home sales, however, rose. Uh, seasonally adjusted, 592,000 annualized in the new home sales. Unfortunately, prices fell, actually, quite a bit, uh, down to $296,200 were the prices for a new home. They said that uh, the reason for that is they believed that the sales, much of the sales reflect uh, in the cheaper southern markets. Cheaper southern markets was the reason that they gave, but we'll have to wait and see. And then... uh, 266,000 new homes were for sale last month. Uh, That was the most since July of 2009. Uh, So now we've got, you know, kind of that old, you know, what I like to call the old economics 101, you know, before they decided it was irrelevant, the law of supply and demand. Supply jumped 10%, prices fell. I mean, kind of makes sense. I know it's a it's a weird way of looking at things, but uh, nonetheless, oh, and I guess there was, I forgot, first-time jobless claims was today. It's Thursday. Uh, so once a week, the government tells us how many people stood in the unemployment line for the very, very first time. Uh, that one actually jumped. That one actually caught people off guard. Uh, 258,000, uh, which is the highest number in quite a while. Uh, still... You know, remember, well below the old jobs market. If you go back to the old jobs market, uh, you know, you got to go back before the crisis hit. 300,000 was kind of the, anything over 300,000 is bad. Now we're not really sure because of all the people that want the part-time temporary contract, you know, that aren't able to file. So anyway, nonetheless, Pedro Radio News Hour, we'll be back right after the break. It's not all bad news. I found some good news. I did. I haven't been able to find a single retailer who announced they were closing stores today. So, hey, that's a positive. <laughs> I mean, somebody actually now, and, and shame on me for not remembering, I want to give credit. I don't know if it was Zero Hedge. Uh, 
uh, may have been Wolf Street, I'm not sure, who actually put together a list of how many, at least so far, the number of retail stores closed, 3,500. 3,500. And, and everyone's, of course, waiting on uh, uh, Payless. Uh, they're saying, you know, that, that somewhere, the number I'm hearing is somewhere between 500 and 1,000. Not sure exactly uh, what the final number is going to be, but it looks like we reported yesterday, it looked like they're going to file bankruptcy uh, by next week, and, and apparently that has been confirmed. That looks like what is going to happen, uh, or at least initially. Uh, uh, different people are saying four to 500, up to 1,000 stores. Uh, but we'll keep you posted on that. If I can find uh, that chart, actually someone put a big chart together, I'll tweet it out later today uh, at Patriot Trading One, and you can look for it yourself. But, you know, one of the things I was listening to Doug Casey's interview, and it was fascinating. First of all, right, in, right early on, he uses the same analogy I used last week, talking about how you know, we're kind of, you know, in this hurricane. And and remember, no matter no matter how much you try to prevent it, history repeats itself, right? And we know that it just it just does. And you look back at the last huge crisis, you know, you go back to the Great Depression and you know, the the you know, of course, caught off guard Right, didn't see it coming. Right, Wall Street crashed, and at the time, what they wanted to do was they wanted the ability to print money. Right, this was our central bankers, and they couldn't do that with a gold standard. Right, so they confiscated the gold from the citizenry. Right, they shut the banks. Right, very similar to a lot of things we saw happening in other countries. This this time they shut the banks they took the gold so they could go into debt I mean, that was really the plan and then in 1937 the Federal Reserve claimed victory right and they started raising rates and you think about the path that we're on this time around so you couldn't change the money yet, right? We, we, we weren't on a gold standard, so they can print all they want. And just look at what the debt's done. Right? We've tacked on $10 trillion in 10 years. It's amazing. This is, but you got to remember, this is what they build their economic model on. Right? Not only did, that was just our national debt. Here's the sad thing. Consumer debt, city debt, state debt, Pension debt all blew up as well, not to mention the balance sheets of the central bankers. I mean, really, when you probably total it up, we probably tacked on, I don't, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. But my guess would be hundreds of trillions of dollars. And they tried to claim victory, right? And and then, of course, this is the first time. You know, they raised rates once in 2015, and 
and then raise them again for another year. So, but this is the first time we went, you know, once in December, once in in March, and they're saying, hey, we're going to do it two more times, kind of like, hey, we fixed it. And Doug Casey was talking about, listen, the we're just kind of right in, like I said, that eye of the hurricane where they think they've calmed it all down, and we're getting ready for the next wave to come. And and these people don't see it. And that's that's the part that that really is is it's sad because when you start thinking about what what's really happening, right? We've got inflation that they lie about. We have, you know, we talked about it. Now people are dying with more debt than ever before, right? You know, the the two certainties were always what death and taxes. Now it's dying with debt and taxes. (laughs) We've added one, right? Not only do you die and you got to pay taxes, but now you're dying with debt and paying taxes. And he's talked about, really did a great job of explaining what is coming. And he made reference to... Uh, the early 80s, you know, when the government was paying 15% on treasuries, you know, and and talked about how we've lived in this credit bubble, very similar to what I was talking about yesterday. We're in this massive debt bubble. And really, when you think about it, and he really broke it down about how we live so far beyond our means. And you go back to that time, right? You go back to, to 1971. Hardly anybody in the country even owned a credit card. Really, I think the, the credit cards didn't even come ex- into existence until the 60s. And then even then, it was just for, like, rich people. And most of it was, what, to go out to some fancy-dancy dinner Right, it was really made for wall shot, you know, big big shots on Wall Street to take out their clients to to real fancy dinners, right? Kind of working as their own mafia, right? We're gonna we're gonna wine and dine. That's what they got created for. But none of you know the regular people didn't have that. Student loans. Nobody had those. I mean, I'm not sure when the GI Bill came into existence, but, I mean, nobody nobody had student debt to go to college. And now you, you, you start to understand what it is that they've, they've masterminded here, is they got all of us to live beyond our means. The country lives beyond our means. The citizen lives beyond our means. And you think about the little shock we got. Right? You know, in 07, 07, 08, 09. Right? And you think about it. Listen, a lot of you listening, and, and, well, everybody that's listening, we all know people, don't we? They lost everything. And then you start thinking about what happened 
when all of these people who are living beyond their means, you think about what ultra-low interest rates have done, and now that time is coming to an end. And really, when you look at history, this is the lowest rates in history. And you take the whole, you know, go all the way back to once, you know, Paul Volcker crushed inflation for the last 30 years. It's been a, an anomaly. This is the anomaly. The anomaly is now. And we're getting ready. That anomaly is getting ready to end. And as the interest rates rise and people have less and less money, what's going to happen to all the retailers, all all the bars, all the restaurants? All right, they, they close. That's just logical. And then I saw this, and, and this is another one. That's on our website. I really agree. Go out, listen to Doug Casey. I know a lot of you, you subscribe to his newsletter. A lot of people uh, read all the things that he has. He doesn't do a ton of interviews, uh, but go out there today, and, and I think he does a great job of explaining it in very plain terms. Right? Everyone tries to complicate everything, right? It's so confusing. You know, just like buying stocks, right? No one knows what they own, right? You just check a box. And maybe if you're lucky, once a year somebody comes in your at your office, right, and they have a big meeting in the break room or something like that, and you all stand around, and they pass out these, these pretty little folders, right? And inside the folder, they got a bunch of brochures and... and, and you know, you, you got pie charts and bar charts and a bunch of different colors, and you got passive-aggressive, real-aggressive, uh, you know, not-aggressive. You got bonds, you got ETFs, you got all this stuff, and they just check a box. Right, because somehow it's there's, a, there's the sweet science to it all. It's just that, folks. It's all it is. But, you know, the, the American dream, and I've been talking about this, and this is what stagflation does. People's standard of living is falling. They don't want to admit it, right? And, and everybody out there, me included, we are running so hard just to stay in place, right? Everybody's out there. We're working so hard just to stay where we're at. You know, and I think about when we, me and my wife, we first moved up to Anthem. Right, it was our first house. We just had our, our oldest son, Joey. And we bought our very first house, brand new home. Way out at the end of town. It's not that way out anymore, but that's where there was at the time. When we told people where we were moving, they're like, you're moving where? <laughs> it was $132,000. Now, according to the latest report, just the median price is $296,000. And that's the first time it's been below 300000 
in a while. And that's the home that we, and this is, think about it, that was just 17 years ago. It was 2000. And I can tell you for a fact, things are worse now than they were then, at least in my mind. Well, not just in my mind, in, in, in my bank account. By the time we get done paying all the bills, things are worse now. And I sit there, and we, you know what? Everybody was talking about, hey, this was our this was our starter home, right? And, and by oh two oh three, we we had right our second son was on the way, and we were getting ready to what to do the move up, right? Okay, we're done with the starter home. Time to go to the move up home, right? And at the time, that move up home was like four hundred thousand dollars. Nobody's talking about the move-up home anymore. I've got a lot of friends that are talking about the move-down home. And then this article really kind of matched exactly what it is that when I'm listening to people talk, this is what I'm hearing. 52 of the 100 largest cities in the United States. Think about, okay, here's where the vast majority of the country resides. Something has is happening that this country's never seen. We'll talk about that next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. New studies are showing that liberals and their lackeys in the mainstream media are making our streets less safe. It's hard to turn on the television or look at Internet news without hearing the media's hatred for law enforcement. The media are always quick to pick up the story whenever a new anti-police activist takes to the streets. However, these media sources don't reflect the general sentiment that people have for law enforcement. In reality, their goal is to shape those sentiments rather than to represent them fairly. A poll conducted by the Cato Institute shows that 9 out of 10 Americans in all ethnic groups do not want to have less police presence in their communities. In fact, one-third of people want more police officers patrolling the streets. If the vast majority of people view the police so favorably, one has to wonder why so many people think that the police are hated. Most people want their streets to be safe, and they recognize that law enforcement officers make that happen. However, the media ignores this and instead sensationalizes a fringe group of liberals who display anti-cop sentiments. The danger of this kind of liberal reporting is that the overwhelming pressure is making police officers hesitant to do their job. A Pew Research poll revealed that 72% of police officers are reluctant to stop and question suspicious people for fear of media scrutiny. The same poll said that more than 75% of law enforcement officers are reluctant to use force when the situation calls for it, because they do not want to deal with media bias. 
These numbers show the tangible danger of the liberal media bias. Cops should not be afraid to do their jobs. They need to know that the American people are behind them when they make the tough calls that keep us safe. If a law enforcement officer does not take the preventive action of questioning a suspicious person, the result could be deadly. Unfortunately, the media seems more interested in promoting the liberal anti-police dialogue than they are with representing the true sentiments of Americans supporting law enforcement. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The hypocrisy and lies of the liberal media are alarming and even incite public unrest. But the fake news and the commentators who slant coverage are finally being exposed. Best of all, you can deliver truth on the blog at pseagles.com. Join that conversation at pseagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. And, you know, you think about where we are at right now. And and I've been telling you, that it's a certainty. A lot of the things that are going to happen, right, the, the $20 trillion national debt, which right now, you know, we're pretending not to count, right, or extraordinary measures. Uh, until we can get uh, Congress to get out there and just raise the number of uh, the number for the debt to be, and really doesn't matter. I mean, they might as well just raise it to forty trillion and get it over. Of course, problem is once you get to forty, you got to raise it to fifty, sixty, seventy. But we're talking about, and Doug Casey was talking about this in his interview, this anomaly where for the last 30-plus years, the central banks and governments have engaged in a debt bubble. And you really you think about it, right? No one had credit card debt. Nobody. It didn't exist. No one had a student loan debt. A car used to be three or four grand. And remember, remember, you know, it wasn't that long ago you know, and I'm, I'm, I've got to think of how old I am. I'm 46, 46, I'll be 47. I know that's sad, isn't it? Uh, can't even remember how old I am. Uh, but all of us, even me, no one even knew what a five-year car loan was. Most of the loans early in my, uh, car buying was three years. I mean, that was a lot. A lot of them were 24 months. Now you're talking about seven years, eight years. You could never get a used car loan for more than 36 months. That was unheard of. Now you can even get those for seven years. And, 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 of course, obviously, housing, just in my housing lifetime, my housing lifetime really is only 17 years. I didn't buy my first home until 2000. It was $130,000. And now you're like, what, 300000 in 17 years? 
and we're in this massive anomaly when it comes to rates that looks like it's starting to end. But what we've seen as this debt bubble has ended, first you had the euphoria of debt, right? All of us got to live beyond our means, all of us. Inflation got to really run, and of course they've hit it, right? Just because it's got a fancy new gadget, they pretend that there isn't it. But I've been talking about the lowering of the standard of living, and this is what they've done. This is how they've hidden it from you. 52 of the 100 largest cities in the in the country. So you're probably thinking, I might get if I'm guessing, I don't know, but I would imagine that's got to be where at least 75 or 80 percent of all the people live. At the end of 2015, according to the data compiled by the Census Bureau, Bloomberg is reporting that 52 of the 100 largest cities in the country have now entered what they call renter domination. In other words, over 50% of the population lives in rental. So the homeowner, not, you know, so they say if you have 100 homeowners, right, 51 of them are now renting and only 49 are actually owning a home. And they said since 2009, that number has grown by 21 cities. Now, they're claiming victory. There's no victory here. You know, when you start looking at the cities, Atlanta, Columbus, New Orleans, Knoxville, Tennessee, Baltimore, San Diego, Sacramento, Madison, Wisconsin, Pittsburgh, Minneapolis, Tucson. Right? Guess who's out? Denver. Denver's booming. Memphis, St. Paul, I mean, Irvine, California, it's everywhere. And they're saying that, according to a report from the Urban Institute, they're saying that rentership, <laughs> like that word, rentership, really just, you know, have to come up with all these new words, is going to continue to rise through 2030. So if it, if we added 21 cities since 2009, and this is this is from 2015, so in six years, by 2030, where are we going to be? All of them? 98 percent? And the answer really is simple. The reason why people don't own them, because they can't afford to own the home. We all know that. Right? And, and you think about now rates are rising. Now it's even going to get even worse. And, and you start to really wonder what is really happening here. And you, you think about the anger 
never seen anything like it. Half the country is so upset. I mean, it used to be, you know, the other team won. Okay, I'm not happy about it, but you went on. And I think everybody is having a hard time understanding why that is. And and I, I mean, my answer really, I think, is simple. Everybody's running so hard to just try to stay where they're at, and we're losing. Every time you turn around, it's more expensive, yet they say it's not. They say the jobs market's great, yet nobody's out there really killing it. Right? And, and I mean, it's, it's really one of these things where if Doug Casey's right, but I got to tell you what, he sure made a lot of sense. And this is the part that I don't like, which is we're the ones that are making sense, but the ones that are in charge of the policy are the ones that don't. Patriot Radio News Hour, you just turned into one big rental society. We'll be back. You know, car sales peaked, and right, they're falling. Now, matter of fact, Ford, right on cue today. Oh, uh, yeah, earnings, uh, yeah, we're not going to make that number. Right? They're expecting $0.47. Cents. Now they're saying, well, uh, 30 maybe. Why? Oh, we got to tack on the incentives, right, to try to sell some of these cars. They really didn't really sell that many. They rented a lot of them. Right, and all of us know. Right, when you really think about the leases out there, and a lot of people have them, right, because they want to drive something reliable. They want to drive something nice. Hey, I've always had a nice car, but now that nice car is fifty thousand dollars, sixty thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollars. Well, you can lease one, right? You can rent one. And by the way, don't go over the miles. And all of these people are turning these rental cars in in droves, and what's happening? They've got balances. they got this debt, and they just tack it on to the next one, right? Now they thousands of the well, we'll just add it on to the next one. Actually, you know, while I can't afford to, to, to lease this nicer, I'll take a little less, right, and a little less, right? You just keep lowering the standard. Think about it. You used to be able to own your car. Three years was like the maximum, and you owned it. Now, you rent it for three years, right, or two years. And you, only, you don't even really get to, you know, you're, bar, you're paying for the right to borrow it. And every little ding and any over, anything over the miles, especially like in this town, it's almost undoable. And people are worse off. But the appearance is it's okay, right, because I've got my nice rental car. I live in a home. I rent it, but I mean, I mean it's a home. But you're a renter, right? Cell phones, even cell phones. I just told you the story. About my, they wanted six hundred dollars, right? And they said, "Well, 
we'll just charge you an extra thirty dollars a month for two or for two years. And of course, the math was the same, right? It worked out the same. But it's like, oh, okay, fine. I have to shell out six hundred. You got to pay an extra thirty bucks a month. Okay. Right. So I'm renting my phone now for two, for, for the next two years. And this is really what. That's the real thing that's happened. And now when we look at why there's no GDP growth, even all the experts say, oh, you know, Trump's talking about 4%. We'll never get to 4 And I was thinking to myself, why are people saying that? Even, the, you know, the I guess the, uh, what, what should I call it, the, the, the Wall Street darlings, that they just stock, stock, debt, 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 and Wall Street, Wall Street, Wall Street, even those guys. Yeah, maybe we can get to three. And I'm like, three? Three's not even historically not that great. It's okay. So why are they saying that? I mean, Trump wants to spend big, big money. And now I get it. Because they already know. People are done. And now, as things get more expensive, now what happens? That's why I'm telling you, go out today. If you have the time, listen to Doug Casey's interview. It's on our website at allamericangold.com, and he talks about you know, the, how he sees things happening. And he's, he's talking about not job growth, but, but people are going to be losing jobs because of the fact that as more and more, more and more and more and more Americans become what? Saturated with debt. You know, remember, someone else, right? You know, when you go into debt, it's a promise to pay somebody else. So one person borrowed it, the other person's owed it. And, you know, when you think we built this whole entire house of cards based upon on the the premise of paying it back. And now we've entered into this whole new reality where people are like, ah, they're not really going to pay it back. Right? When's the last time you heard anybody talk about balancing a budget? When? Have it. Right? 17 years ago, People were running for president based upon, I'm going to balance the budget. (laughs) Now the debt's a trillion dollars a year. And that's a good number. And and, and it's somehow, oh, don't worry, it's going to be fine. And the whole time, right, our standard of living has been slipping and slipping and slipping and more and more and more people are what right up at the break now they talk about hey i can't even come up with 500 bucks or doug casey was saying 40 percent can't even come up with 200 dollars you know and then i start thinking about like uber and lyft and why they're so uh prevalent now people don't have a way to get to places my car broke down i can't afford to fix it i still need to get to work And then uh, I actually tweeted out, this was out of uh, Lou Rockwell. There is one place business is booming again, according to Lou Rockwell. 
It's a good time to be a repo man again. Business picking up used cars people stopped making payments on. According to the S&P Global Rating and Bloomberg News, defaults on subprime loans are at the highest level since the collapse. I wonder if uh, Janet Yellen has seen this one yet. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. I don't mean <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. Wow, I just pulled this up. It's an article that was on CNBC, and it, the headline was "Why the Middle Class Is Dying Faster." And, and I was like, "Wow!" And according to research by Princeton, they said that economic struggle is causing suicides, alcohol, and drug overdoses that is leading to the middle-aged white Americans to die, are dying younger for the first time in decades. Uh, despite positive life expectancy trends, right? I mean, right? I mean, doesn't that, that make sense? I know. I hate it when things make sense. There's really only one way this really works. Right? We're not going to whistle past the graveyard, you know, tiptoe through the tulips. This was how it worked. This was the game for the last 30 plus years. They just loaded gourds on debt. It's the anomaly and they took us all down with them <laughs> hey if we're going down you're all going with us right and then we took you know look at the trade deficits right that's all by design right we're going to take them down with us too and so now they're saying that uh, yeah life expectancy uh, is on the decline and uh, they're they're saying the deaths of despair, suicide, alcoholism, drug overdoses, particularly from painkillers, is becoming a growing problem for white people, midlife white people. And they say it is now countrywide seen at every level of residential urbanization in the United States. Why? Well, 52 out of the 100 largest cities in America have become renters. As the majority, people are broke, they're stressed out. They're working so hard to try to stay in place, and they're losing. I've got a handful of, uh, yesterday we ran those MS-63 $20 Liberties. I mean, historically cheap pricing. Uh, They were $1,500 for MS-63. So you'll notice that uh, the price of raw 20s went up today. About 
got a handful of those at 1500 and then uh, the day before we ran the $10 Indians, the female version at 700 the male version at 395 that was the $5 one. I got a handful of those as well. So uh, pick and choose. You want an MS-63, $20 Liberty, uh, those are $1,500. Uh, $700 for a $10 Indian, $395 for a $5 Indian. Tomorrow we'll see what happened in Congress, and we'll talk all about it. 800-951-0592. Uh, here's the good news, everybody. Tomorrow's Friday, so we'll bait it through another week. Hang in there.